Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Have you always felt a little odd, a little different? The world is crying out for witches to heal and to rebuild. But do you hear its call and will you answer? This is a space for free thinking, where I give you tools to explore and build your craft. We all have a divine spark. Join me each week and grow that spark into a fiery beacon. I am your host, Michael Moorcroft, and I'll be bringing you a one-on-one guide to all things witchcraft and spirituality. This is... The Mage's Well. Hey Mages, welcome back. This week we're looking at another pagan festival as part of the Wheel of the Year series, because yes, Ostara is coming. Falling around the 21st of March, the date ranges each year from between the 19th to the 21st. This year, it's the 20th, and it usually falls around September 21st to 23rd if you're listening in the Southern Hemisphere. Although because the Sabbath is heavily tied to the season, some honour it when it feels like it's spring, or when they are able to plant the first seeds of the year. Now, before we dive into Astara, let's take a look at the week ahead. It's Quan Yin's birthday on Friday the 10th. Quan Yin, who is the Bodhisattva of infinite compassion within East Asian Buddhism. She has three birthdays every year, and this is her second one, marking initiation into enlightenment. In Taiwan, this holiday is observed mainly in Buddhist temples, and candles and incense is lit. Offerings are also made, and there's also usually sacred chanting. It's planned a flower day on March 12th. Learn what wildflowers are local to you and plant them. The bees and the insects will thank you. A lot of witchy herbs are bee friendly too. Now, flowers have been around for 1.5 million years and the ancient Egyptians around 2500 BC were placing them as decorations on tables. 
The 13th is Phil R. Stapler's Day. What can I say? Not every day can be profound. Did you know that staplers have been around since the 1700s? Everything you think is wrong day is on the 15th. Encouraging people to think more closely about their beliefs and to correct the wrongs that are wrong. I really like this, and I love this quote from Robert Anton Wilson. Belief is the death of intelligence. Only I would adapt this to blind belief being the death of intelligence. I think belief is a powerful thing, but if we hold onto it just to avoid being wrong, and in the face of evidence that clearly counters it, are we better for holding the belief? I believe we should always be reading from people who are more clever and hold a contradicting view to our belief, and if after our belief is still valid, then brilliant. But I think we have to stay open-minded and flexible, regularly doing a system update on our values and beliefs. It's also True Confessions Day on the 15th. Got something that you need to confess? Today is the day to clear your conscience, promote honesty and openness within our relationships. Now the full moon was last night, meaning that it is waning now. And with that, let's get on to the show. A day marking the arrival of spring, which should be more prevalent in the fertility of the land around us, Astara is one of the lesser sabbats of the Wheel of the Year and marks the spring, or vernal, equinox. An equinox means that the day and night are in equal measure, roughly everywhere in the world. Equinox comes from the Latin equi, meaning equal, and nox, meaning night. The equinox shifts each year, and it's marked when the sun crosses the celestial equator, which is this imaginal line that runs north to south on our planet. When the sun crosses this line is subject to numerous factors, so this is why the date each year jumps about. So the spring equinox, i.e. Astara, marks a time when there's balance between night and day, when the sun hours match the moons. Depending on your interpretation, it's the first or second pagan spring festival of the year, celebrating rebirth. Historically, and particularly throughout the UK and Europe, this time was a turning point, whereby the weather was warmer and people had the confidence in sown crops not being damaged by a turn in the weather. It also marked the end of stormy season and fishermen could return to the sea. I guess where I want to start today with Astara is around its misconceptions because there's a lot. And you've probably come across them in some form and it goes, the modern Astara honours Ustra, an Anglo-Saxon goddess of the dawn who derives from Ishtar and Astarte. It's from these two that we have eggs and rabbit symbols from, pagan symbols that were adopted by the Christian church, and Ishtar is the root of the word Easter. The Ishtar and Astarte stuff just isn't true, and the rest is all very murky, which I'm going to talk about and clear up. We do know that the arrival of spring was highly anticipated and celebrated by our ancient ancestors, particularly in the Near East and Rome, with many cultures adopting this time as the beginning of their calendars and holding public festivals. 
but we know very little of how Ustara was celebrated in northern and western Europe, and there's no mention of it before 725 CE, when the Christian monk named Bede briefly mentioned it in his book called De Temporum Ratione, The Reckoning of Time. Now, he called April Ustamonath, and said that it was, quote, once called after a goddess of theirs named Ustra, in whose honour feasts were celebrated in that month. Now they designate the Paschal season by her name, calling the joys of the new rite by the time-honoured name of the old observance. Eusta Monath doesn't get a mention again until 1835 by Jacob Grimm of the Grimm Brothers. He publishes his book called Deutsche Mutalogie. Now he says that the old High German name for Easter, Ostan, must be derived from Bede's goddess. There's no evidence to back this up. He then gives her the name Ostara, and it's really difficult to know if Astara existed outside of Grimm's writing. There's another guy called Adolf Holtzman who connects her to eggs and hairs. Again, there wasn't evidence to back these claims up. It looks like a case of folklore popping up from the work of folklorists and their conjecture. The whole Easter bunny thing, it isn't a pagan custom either. This idea pops up in 1678 in Germany, where it was initially a hare, but due to translation issues became a bunny when it reached the English-speaking world. The name Astara, as in the festival, doesn't come into being until 1974, when Aidan Kelly wrote the liturgy for the new reformed orthodox order of the Golden Dawn. Choosing the name Astara and likely drawing on Jacob Grimm's writings, he focused on the ideas of renewal and rebirth for this holiday. Now, you might remember from my Yule episode that the Wheel of the Year as a concept was created in the mid-60s due to Gerald Gardner and Ross Nichols. Now, I couldn't find out what they called this Sabbath. I'm guessing it was just called the Spring Equinox because Aidan Kelly, when writing the liturgy, said he wanted a more magical, Gaelic-esque name for the Sabbath. Now, Easter is likely named after Ustra, the Anglo-Saxon goddess of dawn. However, Ronald Hutton suggests that Bede made a mistake and that Eostra month meant the month of beginnings. Bede may have connected it to a goddess that never existed. Another misconception is Astara is Easter. It's likely that Easter took its name from Ustra, and it does have a lot of pagan elements. Easter's date relies on when the equinox falls, but they are separate holidays. Now, with this all being said, is Astara a useless holiday? I don't think so. Witchers have been celebrating it from the 60s, maybe longer, and it marks spring and the return of the land's fertility with these themes of rebirth and renewal. These are key concepts to pay homage to, and I think are wonderful places to anchor your celebrations and rituals as well. Now, with this lack of historical guidance, I've gotten a little bit creative with how I wanted to interpret this festival and ways to honour it. Now, with it being such a nature-based festival with things coming alive again, I wanted to look into this and how we can live more seasonally. Now obviously, animals are coming out of hibernation as it's the ending of winter, and we're not so different from our animal friends. We undergo our own sort of hibernation in the winter. On average, our calorie intake increases as well as the number of hours spent sleeping. 
Now, around Astara, animals' metabolism slowly gears up, and it's not until when the plants start sprouting on the floor that they're up and they're moving around. Winter's a really bad time to undergo calorie restriction, and it drives me a little bit ratty when New Year's resolutions are all about dieting and changing our bodies, because it is so out of whack with the seasons and the rhythms within our body. Unless you're in the Southern Hemisphere and it's the height of summer, that is a wonderful time to do this sort of stuff. So it's around spring that we can start thinking about diet plans or changes, detoxes and beginning or upping a workout routine. Some sort of stretching workout would be a good idea like yoga to get the lymph flowing again which typically gets a bit sluggish in the colder winter months. Drinking nettles and cleavers, which also pop up during spring, will help with the lymph system. Alternatively, depending on what you've been eating throughout winter, it might be better to start building yourself up and boosting your body with more nourishment, vitamins and minerals. It might also mean getting outside more and getting more sun on your skin, This is all better to err on the side of gentle and slowly. And spring is great to set goals because motivation is high and they're more likely to be executed. You don't have to set goals solely around health, it can be anything. Now, looking at the animal kingdom for inspiration again, a lot of animals emerge from hibernation and in some cases, two days later they're pregnant, I'm I'm not even joking, (laughs) It's around spring that the next generation get produced. So, if you're on the market for a child, Astara could be one to celebrate. What that means for the rest of us is going out on dates, enjoying our bodies and sensuality, getting frisky, why not? Alternatively, you can harness this energy creatively and begin new projects. Now, I mentioned that humans go through their own hibernation and we sleep more. This is because around winter, the body is typically producing more melatonin, a hormone that increases sleepiness. As the days lengthen, this chemically induced lethargy lessens and we literally feel lighter, giving us more energy. All of a sudden, tasks that daunt us become achievable. So if there's anything you've been putting off, snap to it and maybe incorporate it somehow into Astara's celebrations. Spring cleaning is thought to come from this leveling out of hormones, but this also has religious undertones as well, originating from Judaism, as well as Victorian times when oil lamps were used to light the home. At the end of winter, Windows and furnishings were covered with a layer of soot. There's a spring cleansing custom from Gaelic Scotland whereby a wisp of straw would be dipped into water that had come into contact with either gold or silver. The house was then asperged to drip water in key places in order to ward off evil spirits. Obviously, there is more light available now, so rituals around this would be a good idea. Do some candle magic, and I think do it with beeswax candles. If you can afford it, they are more pricey, but we have the connection to bees that come out of the hibernation around spring, and the light emitted from beeswax candles is similar to the light spectrum of sunlight. You can do rituals around the idea of welcoming the light back, I would be tempted to combine this with the Orphic Hymn to the Sun, which you can easily find on Google. 
You could also combine this with incorporating elements of dawn birds, such as larks, blackbirds, and European robins. They're all associated with daybreak, and by extension, Astara. I did stumble on a pagan rite to welcome in spring, taking place in Luoctu, Germany. Large oak wheels were stuffed with straw and set on fire and then rolled down the Osterbeck Hill. Obviously more challenging to recreate today and has safety issues that legally leave me in hot water if you do this and it goes wrong, so please don't, I don't advise any of this. But we do have a precedent of the returning of light and it being honoured. And today in the UK, Druids and Wiccans gather at Stonehenge to greet the sun on the morning of Astara. With this idea of the land warming, if you have snow in your area, you could gather some and symbolically melt it. I would melt it over a beeswax candle and keep the water for rituals further down the line. To me, melted snow water could be useful for freezing something or keeping something as it is covering or hiding something, aiding in transitions, to name a few. I'd also leave offerings for the fae or land spirits and try to get some sun on your skin as you do so. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I want to hone in on the flowers that pop up in spring because these are something we can work with too. Now obviously not every area is going to have access to some or all of these flowers. Work with what you have locally depending on your climate. Now crocus is a big one that's associated with spring and it's often amongst the first flowers to pop up and this is great for new love and intuitive dreams. Daffodil is great for love and fertility. Placed inside the home, they bring abundant tranquility and peace. Placed in the bedroom, they improve fertility. We've got dandelion. This is wonderful for healing and purification, and the leaves and roots are very detoxifying for the liver. Dandelions are also associated with growth. There's hyacinth, named after Heiakinthos, a Greek hero who Apollo loved, the plant is a patron for gay men and also promotes sleep. Tulips, another popular plant around this time, they're wonderful for prosperity. Now, what are you going to do with these flowers? Well, you could dry them out and place them strategically in your home or altar, or you could have them fresh. You could burn them as incense or carry them on you to harness their energy. You could bathe in the petals. 
If you make moon water, you could add a flower to it to imbue it with the energy of the flower. You could add flowers to any herb bundles that you are creating to burn. Flower water is easy to make too. Pick the flowers of the plant you want to work with. Early morning is best while the dew is still on them. And I'd be intentional with the number of flowers that you use. And you want to place the petals in a jar of water with the lid on and leave for three hours in the sunlight. Remove the flowers and bottle the water, adding a tiny bit of brandy. Now just make sure when you're working with these plants that they aren't poisonous and you know how to handle them correctly and that you aren't allergic. For example, not many people know, but daffodils are quite poisonous. Be mindful when harvesting flowers to not take them all and ask the plant's permission first and leave an offering. When working with flowers, the Roman goddess Flora, the goddess of flowers, and the Greek Persephone, they are great to work with. You could also grow any plants that you want to work with, and with it being a good time to set goals, I thought we could actually combine the two with writing your intentions on paper and burying this with your plant. For example, if I wanted to be more bold, I'd write the intention down and bury it with my plant. I'd also take it further and put it alongside a plant that matches what you desire. So with my boldness example, I'd plant sunflower seeds. As the plant grows, so does what you're trying to achieve, in theory. If not, it can act as a reminder and also hold you to account. You could also plant wildflowers that are native to your area, and you could also bless your seeds before you plant them. What deities would you work with? Now, Ustra is an obvious one, but we literally know nothing about this goddess other than what Bede said, which I quoted earlier. There's information linking her to hares and eggs, but this is more of a modern story. There's suggestions that she might be linked to the Roman Atwoda and the Irish Bridget, but it's more likely that she's linked to the Greek Eos, the goddess of dawn. A lover of Ares, Aphrodite got jealous and cursed her with an extreme sexual appetite, perhaps representative of the fertility of spring. Most probably, Ustra was a local goddess worshipped by Anglo-Saxons in what's now known as Kent in the UK. There's arguments made by linguist Philip Shaw that she's a Germanic matron goddess, and maybe a version of the German Ostriahenia who was connected to the east, where the sun rises. If Ustra is linked to this German goddess, there may be three aspects to her, as this is common with matron goddesses. I'd say connect to her in a way that feels right for you. Light a white candle and water is a great basic offering. Failing this, I'd connect with deities linked to resurrection, like the Roman Mithras and Attis, Dionysus, Osiris, Freya, the Babylonian Tammuz, Inanna, to name a few, maiden goddesses, as well as deities associated with the earth, fertility, nature, and agriculture. These are all often worshipped during this time. Energy is returning to your part of the world when Astara calls. How are you going to work with this from a magical perspective? This time also carries the theme of new beginnings and increase, much like a new moon. How are you going to harness this energy? And that's a wrap for today's show. As always, thank you so much for listening. 
If you enjoy my shows, you can subscribe for bonus episodes over on my Supercast, which you can find the link to in my episode description, or just go to Supercast website. I've got an extensive library looking at Jin Magic, Marie Laveau, Ishtar, Planetary Magic, and much, much more. There is rituals created by me and guided meditations, and there's all sorts on there. So if you're interested, if you're game for more episodes, head over to my Supercast. It is super easy to use and set up. But before I go, Let's end with a poem. It's a passage from a poem called Spring from Margaret Fairless Barber. The gentle wind from out the west toys with the lilac pretty maids, ruffles the meadow's verdant vest, and rings the bluebells in the glades. The ash buds change their sombre suits, the orchards blossom white and red, promise of autumn's riper fruit when spring's voluptuousness has fled. Awake, awake, O throw so sweet, and haste with you all your choir to greet the queen who comes with wakening feet. Persephone, with grateful eyes, salutes the sun. Tis paradise, then hastens down the dewy meads, past where the herd contended feeds, past where the furrows hide the grain, for harvesting of sun and rain, to where Demeter patient stands, with longing lips and outstretched hands, until the dawning of one face across the void of time and space shall bring again her day of grace. Rejoice, O earth, rejoice and sing. This is the promise of the spring, and this is the world's remembering. Peace out, witches, and I'll see you at the crossroads. flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.